Yo, what is going on, everyone? What is cooking? This is Scriptwriter Steve. I'm your host for the podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is June 4th, 2021. It's currently 3 o'clock a.m. in the freaking morning. Yeah, I'm working late at night, burning the midnight oil. Got a wedding at 6.15 a.m. No, p.m. later on today, not a.m. If it was a.m., I'd be in really a lot of trouble. <laughs> okay, I'm going to turn this down. Let's get started with this podcast there. How is your day going? How was your day going? And how will your day be going, right? So, I just got home. Uh, well, I didn't just get home. I got home maybe about four hours ago. Watched a few movies. I watched New Mutants and THX 1138. THX 1138 was George Lucas's first movie. I wasn't impressed with either one of them. Neither. Neither. They both had their problems with it. Uh, THX 1138, I think that was a better movie than New Mutants. New Mutants it lacked an antagonist. And, uh, you know, but THX lacked clarity. So which one was great, better than the other? I'm not sure. Um, I think they both had problems. I give them maybe both a D plus. Maybe New Mutants, maybe an F. Um, and uh, I wouldn't recommend seeing either any of them. You know, they're, they're just a waste of time. Complete waste of time. But what I want to talk about, uh, I guess instead of movies right now, I want to talk about this Facebook, the Facebook drama that is going on with my Hawaii Wedding Information Facebook group right now. It's not too much drama, but things that are just getting on, I guess, getting on my nerve a little. And, you know, myself, I am the administrator, moderator of this group. You know, it's just me, my wedding company, Dream Wedding Hawaii. I created this Facebook group uh, for, for myself to interact with my brides and for my brides to interact. When I say my brides, they're my customers to interact with each other. And I think it's great because a lot of times, again, I, I don't know all the answers, even though I've been in this business for 20 plus years. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, brides from the same area, they can meet, they can talk. And that's, that has happened with my forum. It's really cool because I have so many brides from across the entire world and in th- across the entire country. And many of them live in cities that are very, very close to each other. So, um, Anyway, you know, again, I, I, again, I created it for my customers and then I decided, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll invite people who are not my customers to my group because I started to get, to get inquiries from, I guess, you know, people who were not in my group. And then it grew and then it ballooned. And now I have, you know, quite a bit of number of members. I don't have 10,000. I think I have maybe about 1500 or so, which is still a pretty good amount of group because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who interact inside there. And the majority of them are now, they're not my customers in there. So, and, and it's fine. You know, I still help them out. Um, a lot of them are, have, have become future customers because they see my responses and like it. Um, but it's getting to a point where you're, where we are getting a lot of young millennial um, people out there, millennial brides out there who are just woke as hell, you know, social justice warrior happy. And they are just, you know, of their crowd of just, if you have nothing nice to say or if, you, or if you're saying anything critical, you shouldn't say it at all. And how can you be objective if you can't say anything critical, right? If you see something, how can you not? If you, if you see something bad, they will rather have you, you know, put your head in the sand and just walk, walk away. Uh, rather than being objective, right? So what is a good venue? What is a bad venue? Oh, don't say that. Just say there's a venue. And on top of that, they have no problems advertising other companies' services, even those that compete with us on our own company forum, which is crazy. They don't think at all that it's rude. Now, 
you know, for me, I kind of let them go and everything. You know, I, I'm kind of a-okay with it. And, uh, you know, a lot of them are just, they're getting to be very, very condescending towards myself and even other members. And they're starting to argue with, argue with me when I give out my advice. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I'm not for that. I would rather have a discussion than a condescending, condescending argument, right? Or even a passive aggressive tone. I mean, I hate when they say, I don't mean not to argue, but then again, they're just going to argue with me, right? They're just, they're not trying to have a conversation. They're trying to prove that they're right. And when they're actually wrong and they won't give up, they will not give up. So what I do, what do I do? I just basically kick them from my group because they're out there spreading fake news. They don't know. I mean, I've had people out there who claim they live in Hawaii, when, which they don't. I have people claim there was a lot like this, this, you know, certain, you know, company was better than my company, which that company, you know, was not that, that bride wasn't even a real bride. That was a company posing as a bride. So I kicked them out. And I found out that if these members uh, block me as administrator, I can't see them. So what they were doing was that they were, I guess some of them were companies, fake companies, I found out, and that they were advertising their services on my company forum, blocking me as the administrator, and then going going to town, just advertising and advertising stuff on top of my forum, making it like an advertisement site, and I didn't even know it at all. So a couple of my members, um, my brides, my customers, you know, told me that these, this was going on. And, you know, it's, it's very frustrating. And then I had a, a couple of uh, members who just didn't like me and they also blocked me, but then they started talking bad about me. Right? And I don't want to, I don't like that either. I don't want people talking bad about me about on my own company forum, right? I mean, they're not even customers, right? And we may hold different opinions, different perspectives, but it doesn't, it's just rude and not cool. You know, if you want to talk bad about me, just make it public. And more more than likely, you know, I won't take it down. You know, we'll see if it's true or not. Because maybe it's, you know, correct criticism. Maybe maybe, maybe they think I have a big, big ego, which I, I do. I have a big ego. So if they say, oh, this guy Steve Young has a big ego, I say, yeah, okay, fine. I'll, I'll keep that up, right? But I'm very honest. I'm very blunt. I'm very honest. I'm like that on my own website, dreamweddingshawaii.com. You can take a look at my articles I write. I'm very, very blunt. Like when I talk about on this podcast, I'm very blunt. I let my opinion out there. If you disagree with it, yeah, you know what? We're all going to disagree with each other, right? You know, and that's the problem with these young kids. They don't know how to have a conversation. It's either their way or the highway, or I'm going to try to cancel you. So I don't even want to listen to your advice, but I'm going to try to start up my own group within your group, and I'm going to try to advertise all of my vendors, which I like better than your group, so you won't get any business. It's crazy. It's really, really, really crazy. So I found about, you know, 30 members who are doing this on my forum. And I said, wow, this is a lot of, a lot of people. And they block me. And I, and some of them block me because I'm a Trump supporter. Purely because of that. Because I'm a Trump supporter and I got messages saying that, well, it's apparently you're a white supremacist and you hate Asians without, and they didn't even look at my profile picture and figure out that how can I hate Asians when I'm 100% Chinese. Yep. Even when I told them I'm 100% Chinese, they looked at my picture and did not believe my profile picture on my Facebook page or even my company page that I'm 100% Chinese because how can you be an Asian and support a white supremacist like Trump who hates China? How can you be a Chinese Trump supporter when he hates China? 
<laughs> when, he hates, when he hates Chinese. Well, maybe he doesn't hate China. Maybe doesn't, he doesn't hate Chinese, right? He hates it for the fact that the Chinese manufactured the, the coronavirus in a Wuhan lab, more than likely, and then released it by accident, maybe, around the world. But we do know that they spread it on purpose. Maybe that's a reason to hate it. I hate them too for doing that. Oh my God. So that's what I found out maybe at around two o'clock this morning. And I had to delete all of these members. I wish there was a checkbox where I can just delete multiple members at a time. I delete, had to delete them and block them. So uh, they can go harass another another uh, wedding forum, right? And you know, it's really funny because uh, you know, I've been told that my wedding forum is very good because of my opinion out there, but they like it. They also like it because a lot of the brides interact with each other. And a lot of these brides, again, they're my former customers or even current customers. And um, they have, again, they don't, what they don't, what they don't like is when my current customers speak so fondly of me. So they end up, you know, blocking those people too. You know, <laughs> so it's just weird. It's just so weird. This, Next, next generation. I can't see the generation below me because that generation Y or below me, they're fine. The, even the millennial groups, they're a little woke, but it's the generation right below them that are just coming out of either high school and getting married or like, you know, they're just getting the, into college and getting married. That group right there is just so lost. They have no idea what is right, what is up, what is down. You know, their morals are just, <laughs> they're out of this world. I mean, their morals, I mean, talk about their morals. Back in the day when I was having the, uh, the debate about abortion, it was between, you know, you're, you're actually against abortion, right? You're against abortion completely. You call yourself, you call yourself pro-life or you're pro-choice because you could still be for life, but you wanted that woman to have the choice. But it's not like that anymore. You're either pro-life or pro-abortion. That is so weird. So the pro-choice has gone right out the window. You have kids nowadays bragging that they got an abortion. That, wow, they can't wait to get an abortion. They can't wait to get pregnant and kill their kid. Wow, that's so great. It's so cool. It's trending. Let's go kill our kid. That is so messed up. And then at the same time, they don't want to kill animals. They don't want to kill trees. They don't want to kill the planet. We do everything to save the planet. You know, we'll even change the way our straws, the straws we use, change our cars, you know, put expensive solar panels, everything to save the planet. But God forbid we save an unborn child from getting killed from you because you just want to kill a kid. But it's okay. It's okay, you know, it's only a kid. Hey, you want to get in vitro fertilization? You get five kids from there and you only want one or two. So we just kill off the other three, right? Right? It's okay. Pro-abortion, not pro-choice, pro-abortion. And that's where we're at right now. So these, this is the next generation. And I'm getting so many of them on my page. I just can't stand it. So I don't want to have those customers anyway. I don't want them on my page. So, hey, you know what? My, my thing is, if you hate me on my page, just delete yourself. You know, don't have to block me and then try to take my business away from me. And that's what they want to do. They want to cancel me. Crazy, right? So that's what I had on my chest. I just got it off my chest right now. <laughs> so, now, I'm going to go cut to commercial. But when I get back, I want to talk about CRT. I want about, so what the hell is CRT? It's critical race theory, all right? So I want to get into this. I, 
I downloaded this thing. I have one. I didn't really download it. I opened this web page, and I think they're talking about the five tenets of critical race theory. And I want to read it off to you. And uh, I want to tell you what it's all about. It's very critical race theory is very racist, and it's very confusing at the same time. They use, um, uh, you know, you know, I, you know. I'm going to get into it later uh, before this. Uh, well, after the commercial, I'm going to get into it later because I need to save it for then. So I got to cut the commercial, pay the bills, and I'll be right back. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Alright, hope you're back from that commercial break. I am too. Ready to start talking about critical race theory. And I got this smooth music here so I can calm myself down. Calm myself down so I don't overreact, right? Because this kind of stuff triggers me. I'm not sure if it triggers you, but it triggers me. So I need to calm my emotions. Okay, I'm going to turn this music down here. So I'm going to get straight into it. So... Where am I getting this information? Well, it's actually from the Critical Race Theory website, and they have five tenets about this stuff. So, number one, okay, so it's, first of all, number one, it's really weird uh, how they phrase things. I hate it when, uh, I hate it when people just speak with vocabulary, and they weave together words that is really hard to decipher. So what I'm finding about what I'm finding out about these five tenets is that it's really hard to decipher what in the world they're saying or they're trying to say. So luckily, after their tenets, they have an explanation. So number one of the tenet of the critical race theory is quote the centrality and intersectionality of racism. <laughs> that's that's it. That's it. The centrality and intersectionality of racism. So already you know this is a bunch of BS because, again, when the absent-minded professor, he just speaks with vocabulary and they're trying to sound smart. They're trying to sound, you know, they're trying to sugarcoat, I guess, something with just nothing, right? Because it's all vocabulary. The centrality and intersectionality of racism. That's number one. Okay, so what do they mean by that? I'm going to start, keep reading. Racism exists everywhere in American life. Okay, everywhere? Everywhere? That's a big claim, right? Racism exists everywhere in American life. Where do I know that exists everywhere? I'm here in the computer. I'm I'm here in my room alone with my guinea pig. My guinea pig is black, right? My guinea pig literally is the color black. I'm Chinese. Where's the racism? Are my screens, they're the color white, Am I supposed to be offended by my screens that are the color white? There have been arguments that, 
you know, a regular screen, the dominant color is white and it's not reversed. It's not black and the, and the text are white. But even then, if that were true, then they would, they would make an argument about why is the text white and not black. It's crazy. Racism exists everywhere in American life. Okay, hyphen. From within our own thoughts, to our personal relationships, to our places of work, to our educational and judicial systems. Critical race theory says that racism isn't just the actions of individuals, but that it's embedded in our institutions, systems, and culture, because it is the way of American life. Whoa! So it's the way of American life. Racism is everywhere in American life. So when you step out the door, it's everywhere. Your workplace, your, your schools, the way the judge rules down on, on, uh, on people. So justice is racist. Now, I can imagine that maybe there are racist cops out there. I can even imagine there's racist teachers out there. And there are racist people out there. Definitely. But is it to an epidemic level? Is it everywhere? Or is it isolated? You know, racists will exist because there's stupid people out there, okay? And stupid people are everywhere, all right? They are everywhere. Stupid people are everywhere, right? But at what dose? At what dose? So racism could exist everywhere, but at what dosage is it? It's, to me, it's very rare. And I'm a minority. I've traveled all over the country, and when I traveled to so-called racist places, which is which is supposed to be the South, what did I experience? Southern hospitality. Southern hospitality. You know, when I was watching, I was watching these old football games yesterday. I was watching the Orange Bowl, out of all things, right? And I saw uh, it was against Texas A&M and North Carolina. It was a great game, back and forth, all the way to the end. And I find these fans traveling from Texas and North Carolina, which were mostly white and their players were black, and they traveled miles and miles and miles to cheer on a team which mostly featured black players, and they wanted to see that those black players be all they can be, and a lot of them were wearing the jersey numbers of black players, these white people. That's racist? That's racist because I don't see it. I just don't see it. Yeah, I really want to know. I mean, I think you have to really stretch, really, really stretch yourself to see racism in this context. Again, quote, what do they say? Number one, the centrality and intersectionality of racism. Again, I have no idea what that means. It's all vocabulary to me, no meaning. They're weaving together words that you, can, that you really can't decipher, even if you take a, you know, a dictionary to those words, right? But then when they describe it and say, Racism exists everywhere in American life. Okay, everywhere? Everywhere. Every single place? At a high dosage? At a lethal rate? <laughs> From within our own thoughts? I'm thinking racism myself all the time? Our personal relationships? Now, I can see where they can kind of twist things, right? And they can say, hey, wait a minute. If you're white and you prefer only dating white people... Are you racist? Well, there's a lot of black people who only prefer dating black people. Are they racist? Right? You know, uh, you know, as a Chinese, there are a lot of Asians who only prefer dating Chinese. Right? It's just, is it racist or is it personal preference? And is it wrong to have a personal preference? Right? Maybe you like white. Maybe you're a black person who, whites, who likes white people. Maybe you're a white person who likes Asians. It's just a personal preference. But is it racism? 
<laughs> I think people in this country jumped on the racism bandwagon way too much. And to think, first of all, that it is in, that racism is embedded into our inst- institutions as, as though it's a, some type of HTML code, as though it's there all the time, and to say it's embedded into our systems. So our systems are created with racist you know, intentions in the back of their mind? I don't think so. I really don't. If it were, why did we get a black president? Why is, why is Oprah a billionaire? Why is someone like Tyler Perry like a very successful movie uh, um, producer? You know, why is Will Smith who he is? Why was Michael Jackson who he is? Why was Janet Jackson the way? Why was Prince the way who, who he is? Why is Beyonce and, and uh, Jay-Z who they are? <laughs> right? If the system were gamed against them, there would be no LeBron James. You know, I don't get it. I don't get it. And for them to say it is our way of American life, America's way of life is racism. No, I just can't buy into that. So number two, tenet of the CRT is to challenge. No, to the, the, hold on. It's called the challenge to dominate ideology. That's what it is. Quote, the challenge to dominate ideology. What does that mean? I don't know what it means. So they explain themselves. In law and other arenas, there is a belief that concepts like neutrality, objectivity, and colorblindness and mediocrity can be fully actualized. Well, not so fast. It can't. CRT points out that claims of objectivity and colorblindness can only be in ways which dominant groups camouflage their racism. Huh? So if you're trying to be objective and colorblind, if I say I don't see, you know, being I don't see color when I see anyone. If I see a black person, I don't see a color. You know, I just judge them. If I do judge them on their actions, not the color of their skin. But if I say that I can't do that, right? You you can't do that? Why? You can't be objective? Really? I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense. Not at all. How does any of this make any sense? Okay, number three. The commitment to social justice. Okay, what the hell is that? CRT as a framework acknowledges how all oppressions interrelates and focuses on eradicating racism and other forms of oppression by centering on people of color and taking a stance on issues of social justice. Huh? Wait, I thought we're, CRT is just talking about critical race theory, not other social justice wider things like, you know, LGBTQ stuff or like, you know, you know, climate change or anything like that, right? But apparently they're throwing other stuff in there like climate change, you know, police reform, you know, LGBTQ, every, anything a social justice warrior believes in has now become part of CRT. It's crazy. They continue. People of color have been fighting before this country was formed for justice. And this has never stopped in some form or f- some form of fashion. Huh. So apparently now CRT is about SJW stuff. That is just weird. So again, that's the third tenet. All right. Number four, the importance of experiential knowledge. 
Is that the correct way to say it? Experiential, no, experiential knowledge. I can't even say these words. I never even heard of that word. The importance of experiential knowledge. What is experiential knowledge? I guess knowledge you experience? You, so you have to experience knowledge? You, you can't experience knowledge. <laughs> Can you learn knowledge? So they say, this is huge. CRT says that the lived experience of the people of color, however expressed through storytelling, family history, or biographies, scenarios, parables, chronicles, and narratives are crucial to understanding racism and oppression, and that they are necessary in our quest for liberation. Okay, so they're oppressed now. They have to be liberated. From the academic to legal to activist arenas, the lived experience must be taken seriously. So I guess they're saying if they lived through, through an experience of racism, racism must be epidemically true or something like that. It is so blurry. I mean, this, the fourth tenet is so blurry. It's even hard to understand what, where they're coming from. But I think what they're saying is that if someone tells you they've experienced a story of racism, to, uh, it's very, very important. Yes, and I think it's very... Now, that one I can kind of agree with because if someone tells you they've experienced racism, they should be listened to and not automatically dismissed. So if someone comes up to me, I don't care what the color of your skin is, and say, hey, you know what? This cop was racist to me. Uh, he called me this, this, and this, you know, and then this is the true story. I'll listen. I think it's very, very important to listen to that because that cop may actually be a racist fool, right? But the question is that can you take that one rule and apply it to the masses? That's the one thing. Can you, can you take that and say, you know, do the women's logic thing and say, you know, um, so-and-so is a pig. Uh, I mean, uh, all men are pigs. Therefore, Stephen is a man. Therefore, he's a pig. So can we do that with cops saying, you know, all cops are pigs. So-and-so is a cop. Therefore, he is a pig. You can't do that, right? That's called modus ponens reasoning, by the way. It's a way of storytelling, which is entirely fictional, but a logical argument. And you can't do that. And I think that's where they're going with this. So that's how important. So they're saying you take this experience knowledge, right? Of you experience this racism or something like that. You have to be listened to. And then we're going to apply it to the rest, apply it to the masses. It's like saying, well, we do know this teacher who is a pedophile or this Catholic priest who's a pedophile. Therefore, all Catholic priests are pedophiles. You see a Catholic priest on the street. He's a pedophile. <laughs> because you you know that one other Catholic priest was a pedophile, right? We're going to apply it to all Catholic priests. That's highly inaccurate, even though it's a logical argument. All right. Number five, the use of interdisciplinary perspective. Hold on, i got to say that word again. The use of an interdisciplinary perspective disciplinary perspective. My God, that's a hard word to say. The use of an interdisciplinary, <laughs> the use of an interdisciplinary perspective. My God, that is hard to say. They are putting together words together and weaving them together and it just, uh, it's hard, it's hard, hard to say those words because you never say it. I never heard of it before in my life. I have no idea what that means. Interdisciplinary. What does that mean? interdisciplinary perspective. All right. CRT draws from many different fields in order to create a powerful 
and nuance framework, another, again, they're weaving together another word, nuance framework, for engaging with race and racism. There is no one answer, no one discipline, no one path to freedom. So there's no solution. So CRT says, let's use all the tools in the toolbox to help educate folks so we can get free. So when they say, so we can get free, that means they're, they're, they're saying they're, they're oppressed right now. So CRT draws from many different fields in order to create a powerful nuanced framework. So they're just saying they want to have a, have a diversified perspective. We have to have like, a, a, you know, different disciplines, right? In, in there. Why can't they just say that? So that's fine. If you want to actually, if you believe that there's racism in this country, well, yeah, you, you should have a Swiss army knife of different tools to battle, battle against racism, right? <laughs> okay. So the last sentence here is, of course, critical race theory is more theoretical than we have described, but this is it boiled down to its core. CRT is the education that most of us never got, or we did not until we after until we after, Dave don't even know how to write this, until after we left school. It is an educated value, challenging the status quo and prioritizing a lived experience. <laughs> oh my God, a lived, exper- a lived experience. Jeez, okay. It is rooted in collective learning and community building, and there's nothing wrong with that. So let's get free together. Okay. Let's get free together. I guess they're really oppressed. Really, really, really oppressed. So again, this is written by, you know, again, CRT advocates who just want to teach critical race theory in college, critical race theory in schools, and everything such and forth. So again, I expressed to you the five tenets of critical race theory, and it really still doesn't describe what critical race theory actually is. And what does critical race theory means? What, what is critical race theory? Basically, it teaches that white men are bad, and that's basically it. And they can't change anything about themselves. So even if you know, even if they're not racist, they're born racist. And you what? Know, you know what? Too bad. And how do we actually change America? Well, we can't because America was <laughs> created with racism in mind. So what do you have to do to challenge the quote-unquote dominant ideology? You have to tear it down, break it down, and that's what they want to do. That's what critical race theory is. That's why I completely disagree with it. This is what they want to teach in high school, in elementary school, and in college. It's stupidity. It's complete stupidity, and it's racist. It is completely racist. You know, here's the problem with it. The power of words are very, very strong. Um, if you tell a kid he's stupid, he's useless, and he's going to grow up to be a loser, well, he's going to become everything what you just preached because you spoke it into the world. So if you preach this into the world, well, lo and behold, you're going to create people who are actually racist. You're, you're going to create racist by, with CRT. And it's already happening. There is racism. There is racism against the white male right now. White males, they can't do anything right. There's even racism against the white white females. They call them Karens, right? So you know, there, there's racism. There's prejudice against uh, you know people who make money, business businessmen and women. There's a prejudice, a very negative prejudice against people who voted for Trump. 
you know, they think the worst of them. You know, you wear a MAGA hat outside, <laughs> you know, the chances of you getting attacked are pretty high, depending on which country, which um, state you're going to. So that's how bad it is. <laughs> Will CRT, I guess, continue to be preached in school? I don't know. I mean, with Joe Biden in office, I think so. It's kind of scary. It's very, very scary. It's even being preached in the military. And this is what President Trump was against. You know, it's funny because when during the debates, Chris Wallace, um, he, he attacked President Trump, pretty much implying that he said he, he, uh, that why was President Trump getting rid of, of critical race theory? And, and he, he framed critical race theory as a solution to so-called racism in America. And it was very much a loaded question. And then Trump came back and said that, well, he basically came, he didn't explain himself well, but he said that CRT, the reason why he was getting rid of it is because CRT was very racist. But again, he didn't explain himself well. That's the bad part about Trump was that a lot of times he's so smart that he just thinks that people would get it. So he doesn't have to go into, he doesn't have to go into detail about it. You know, if you just go into a little bit of detail of explaining what critical race theory is, instead of just jumping already to the solution, then maybe people would have thought differently. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. People just hate him for no reason. So anyway, that's it for my podcast for today, people. You know, it's really not too long. I've been making it a little short. I do have a wedding tomorrow at 6.15, so I can't make it too long. I have to still get ready for that. I have to get up by around, you know, 11, 11 a.m. and then get myself ready, even though the wedding is at 12. No, at 6.15 p.m. I, I keep messing up on that time. All right, people, I am out of here. Hope you enjoyed the show. And if you like it, you can always find me on uh, your favorite podcast app. Just look for BBQ. Two movies. That's BBQ T O movies. <laughs>